Do you really know the world surrounding you? Do you sometimes feel that other worlds seem to exist beneath the surface of space, time, and reality? Can you picture in your head a situation where all these worlds crash down around you? Can you touch the other side? These are the tales of the fantastical, the macabre, and the supernatural. Boldly influenced in depth by the powers that were, the powers that are, and the powers that will be. Welcome to Dark Charm Presents. Episode 5. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. On a rickety westbound bus, Quinn Lachlan smelled the elder man next to her fart for what seemed like the hundredth time. She was stuck next to him, however, and couldn't move. The window was open on the bus, but offered her no relief. She looked at the old man incredulously. The old man stared back with his wire-framed bifocal glasses. She was surprised he could see it all. What, young lady? You wanted a piece of sugar-free candy? Quinn wrinkled her nose. No, and I think you've had enough, Jesus. The bus driver yelled over the den of people talking. All right, people, welcome to Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. This stop is a rest stop. You can get off the bus, stretch your legs for a while, and get some dinner. We will resume our journey to Cincinnati in two hours. The bus pulled into the rest stop. The bus driver turned around to address the passengers once more. I'm giving you fair warning. If you are not on this bus in two hours, you will be left behind. No exceptions. Quinn, who was sitting in an aisle seat, didn't hesitate to get out of the smelly atmosphere and get fresh air. Chambersburg was a small town, but a clean one. She had lived for so long in the big city that she missed what it was like to be out in a country-style setting. Across from where the bus had parked, there was a cheap mom pod diner and a gas station. Everyone seemed to pile into the diner like it was the only place to be, but Quinn had other ideas. Gas stations had come a long way from back in the day. Quinn swiftly walked toward the quick part. While she wasn't really looking for where she was going, she felt a man brush past her in a black trench coat and short black hair. She had never seen him before, but he was heading toward the diner. Watch it, kid. Her eyes met his, and for a brief moment in time, she was frightened. She didn't know why, but she got a predatory feeling from him and quickly ran into the quick mart. She watched from the window as he turned around, not caring a lick for where she went, and walked into the diner. She took a sigh of relief. Her heart almost jumped out of her chest as the bathroom door opened as she heard the toilet flush behind. It was a gas station attendant. What wafted out of that room was worse smelling than the old man. She wrinkled her nose again and walked up to the attendant. Mm. Is that the only bathroom in the place? He never even bothered looking at her. Yep. Paying customers only, though. Quinn looked around at the hot dogs on the portable grilling rack. Not very appetizing at all. She turned her attention back to the attendant. Those hot dogs will get someone killed, man. You might want to replace them. She walked down the aisle where the beef jerky and other survival snacks usually were. In the aisle, kneeling over looking at something from the bottom shelf, was a dark-skinned Asian guy. He couldn't have been older than 18 or barely out of high school. He looked at her, stood up, and smiled. He had braces and a bit of an overbite. Sorry, my usual isn't here. She got that he was either Indian or Pakistani, 
She smiled. Fine by me, just as long as I don't have to eat those god-awful hot dogs. Why would you want to anyway? They're a perfectly good diner across the street. He looked at her closely. She wore a canvas-style gray jacket, had her brown hair pulled back in a hair tie, and wore a pair of ripped blue jeans. Her t-shirt said it all. My eyes are up here. It was a funny distraction from the fact that she had small breasts. I love your shirt. Quinn looked down and chuckled. <laughs> yeah, it was a gab gift from my best friend in graduation a couple of years back. Maybe now if I actually grew some tits. The awkwardness was interrupted without warning as a thunderous boom came from outside. The shockwave sent slattered gl shattered glass into the air and smacked into Quinn and the boy. She grabbed him and pulled him down. Jesus. After a few minutes of not knowing what was going on, Quinn stood up to see out of the shattered window. The diner across the street, the one everyone wanted to go to, literally blew up in a ball of powerful yellow and orange flames. The scary thing was that the man who she bumped into, the man in black, walked out of the inferno as if nothing had happened. He took a left and walked down the street. Jesus Christ. She looked at the attendant who was already dialing 911. The boy stood there like he was turned to stone. Hey, 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 are you okay? She got no answer as he stared in shock. She ran out of the store. Hey. The, the attendant called out for her. Hey, don't go out there. You don't know what's caused all that. She ignored him. Just as he ignored her about the hot dogs, she knew exactly what caused the explosion, and all she needed to do was follow that man. But when she got outside, he had disappeared into thin air. She needed to get her bag out of the back of the bus. She had enough of this trip, which most likely was being canceled immediately. She didn't even know if the driver was inside. Hello? She yelled from inside the bus. No one was there. The bus driver must have also gone inside to eat. The police must have already been on their way there, because the police, ambulance, and fire trucks all showed up at the same time. The boy who was in the store tapped Quinn on the shoulder. Are you okay? You liked us if you saw the ghost. Huh? The way you left the quick part, you looked as if you saw a ghost. Glad you noticed. You turned into Medusa a bit back there. Maybe I did see a ghost. She grabbed the boy and pulled him away from the police, firemen, and paramedics who were loud. She pulled him back into the quick mark. The attendant was outside watching the horror like it was Maury Povich or Jerry Springer. He didn't seem to give a fuck that at least 50 people lost their lives. This was just a show for him. Quinn talked to the boy in hushed tones. When I got off that bus, I came straight here. I bumped into a man wearing a black trench coat and short black hair. He had this look about him. Did he come into the quick mart while you were here? Was he getting gas? The boy got scared. I didn't see anybody. Not until I saw you come in. Quinn looked outside at the gas pumps. There were no cars or trucks. The attendant had already turned off the pumps for safety. A police officer, who finally arrived at the scene, walked into the quick mart and pointed at Quinn. Did you come in on that bus that's parked outside? Yes, I did. Did you see what happened? What's your name? Where are you originally from? The boy looked at her as she spoke to the officer. I'm Quinn Lachlan. I'm 25 and I'm originally from Philadelphia. She pointed to the diner in fear. I, I was about to buy something in here and this boy and I... My name is Robbie. Robbie and I were in the jerky aisle and the diner just blew up. You can see that we still have glass on us. It was like a out of a Die Hard movie or something. 
The police officer wrote down everything that she said. Was there anything that you saw that was out of the ordinary? Anything that looked, you know, particular to you? She looked at Robbie a bit apprehensive, then turned to the officer. This was the exact thing she feared would happen. I, I bumped into a man in a black trench coat and short black hair that was heading towards the diner. He looked strange to me. How strange? Was he Middle Eastern? Did it bomb strap to him? She sounded dirty talking like that. He didn't look like a terrorist. He looked more like a vampire or a wolf. He was a predator, but not a terrorist. That's a bit racial stereotyping, don't you think, officer? The officer knew his hands were tied. Look, I'm just trying to get information, son. I'm not profiling anybody. I'm just asking questions. He was a white man. He didn't have any bombs on him. I just got fearful looking at him. Well, where'd he go? Did he make it explode from the outside? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. What, are you going to tell me he disappeared into thin air, right? That's exactly what happened. Police officer was dead silent. Robbie interrupted the silence. Officer, can't you see this poor woman is distraught? There must be others you can interview. The police officer returned his gaze to Quinn. Is there any way of getting back to the bus to get your belongings? I have no idea! I think the bus driver went in the diner or something. Is there a motel nearby? Robbie pointed down the street. About a mile down the street. I can take you there if you'd like. The police officer put his pad of paper back in his pocket. We're going to need to keep you here for at least a day. We can accommodate you with the uh, voucher for the motel. Quinn shrugged, knowing there wasn't much extra that she could do. I'm in no hurry at this point. Cincinnati will still be there. I just need to make a phone call. The police officer gave her a voucher and a card with his telephone number on it. The card read, Sergeant Bill Mealy, Pennsylvania State Police. She shook her head and put it into her pocket. Mealy. Reminded her of Mealyworm, she thought to herself. Several hours later, Quinn opened the door of the room that she got from the motel clerk. Luckily, she was able to retrieve her luggage from the bus and slugged her way into the room. The room was out of the early 70s when it came to style. The bedspread was a greenish floral design, and the lamps reminded Quinn of her grandmother's house. She sat down on the bed and picked up a telephone receiver. She dialed zero to contact the operator for a collect call. After minutes of tedious connecting, the woman Quinn wanted to talk to got on the phone. Dear God, Quinn, what happened? Grandma, I'm in a motel room in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. The diner that everyone went to for dinner blew up. Everyone on the bus died but me. The bus driver too? Him too. It was a miracle I was able to get my luggage out of the bus. Do you need me to come get you? I think so, Grandma. I have to stay here for one more day, and I don't know if the bus company is going to send out someone to make the remainder of the trip. I am the last person left. They might just forward me a refund. How are you able to stay at the motel? Do you need me to wire you money? I had enough money for food, and the police gave me a voucher that the motel accepted. Grandma, I'm kind of scared. Why? You've never been scared of anything in your life. Your mother and I would marvel at one day you being a stunt driver or something. You are afraid of nothing. Quinn chuckled as tears rolled down her cheeks. Today was the day that changed everything. Listen, I'm going to give you a call again tomorrow. I don't want to overrun your phone bill. I can give you better details when I get Okay, home. baby. I will talk to you later. I hope you have a better night than in the morning. Me too. I love you, Graham. She hung up the phone and laid down on the bed for a moment just to gain her composure. I feel crusty. 
She got up from the bed and opened her luggage. She needed a shower badly. She walked to the door of the motel room and locked it up tightly. She closed the heavy curtains and began to undress, careful not to nick herself on any shattered glass embedded in her clothing. She plucked several from her body and threw them into the garbage can nearby. She walked into the bathroom and turned on the shower. As she finished undressing in there, taking off her brown panties, she looked inside the shower and noticed that it was a yellowish tint from the water line. She sighed. You know what? Fuck it. I ain't drinking it, and it doesn't smell bad. I need a hot shower. Eventually, the water went back to normal as she stepped inside. She used the motel soap and proceeded to scrub herself down. She pulled out the hair tiner and her fingers to her hand, finding glass shards within. She was careful, but despite her meticulous attention, she still nicked herself a couple Ow, of times. fucking glass! She sucked on her finger until she was able to get out of the shower. She grabbed a towel, dried herself off, and wrapped her hair with another towel as she walked out of the bathroom. To her surprise, waiting for her in the room was the man in the black that she met outside of the diner. He was sitting on her bed, waiting for her to come out. She screamed as she tried to cover herself up. Jesus Christ. How did you get in here? I had the doors locked. I'm going to call the police on you. He stood up as calm as could be. You and I both know that isn't going to happen, Quinn. She quickly put her clothes on. The man didn't try to stop her. How, how do you know my name? The enigmatic man pointed to her purse. I knew you when I bumped into you today. Besides, you take long showers. I had time to look in your purse. Oh, I don't know. I had to shower long considering some asshat decided to blow up a diner in front of a quick mart window. Picking glass out of your skin and hair will do that to you. And I wonder who that was that blew up the diner. Oh yeah, you! Quinn started to show the fearlessness she was known for. It never occurred to her that the words coming out of her mouth would get her hurt or killed. She was bluntly honest. Instead of reacting in the fashion she thought, which was put a bullet in her, he smiled. I didn't blow up the diner. I just helped it along. Bullshit! You came right out of the building that blew up. I'm pretty sure you're not even human. He walked toward the door. I do feel a little human. You actually scare me. She leaned against the wall and started laughing hysterically. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I scare you. You freak the shit out of me all damn day and I scare you? He nodded with a grin. Yeah, it's not every day one stares at death and confronts it the way you have. She stopped laughing. <laughs> it all made sense now in her head. The pale look, the dark clothes, the predatory feeling. You, you're death? He sat back down on the bed. I go by many names. The Grim Reaper, Azrael, Death, Shiva. Bob from Accounting? Bob from Accounting? Surprised? Death has a sense of humor. She pointed at him frantically. Okay, considering that I'm not dreaming this and you are actually standing in front of me, how did the diner blow up? Death smiled. If it wasn't coming from such a strange being, Quinn might have thought it to be charming, or even attractive. Then she realized what she was thinking. Remember that old man who was sitting next to you farting up a storm on your bus? Don't tell me. Okay then, what do you think happened? He, he had a heart attack or something and the building blew up? You're smarter than that, Quinn. 
Come on. Really. Think. Don't tell me he farted near a powerful flame and combusted the gas line. Yay! We have a winner. Quinn's eyes widened in disbelief. She couldn't understand why this happened. But what about all those other people in there? They didn't have to die. Yes, they did. It was their time. Was their time? I was on that bus too. What made me singled out? You had intuition to not go where they went. That was ultimately what saved your life. Quinn looked at her body. The experts called it survivor's guilt, and Quinn knew it. She boldly asked the question she never thought she would be able to ask. Um, when will it be my time? Death stood up from the bed and shook his head. A disappointing look came over his countenance. Tisk tisk, Quinn. You know I can't tell you that. Why not? I thought we had a good report going. <laughs> if someone could have a good report with death, it would be Evil Knievel. Who's Evil Knievel? Quinn was too young to know who the stuntman was. Death brushed it off as he walked closer to her. You would be a close second. He put his hand on her shoulder. She was surprised that it wasn't cold as ice or like a corpse, but warm, and in a way loving. One thing I can tell you is this. Live your life like there is no tomorrow. Because one day, that might be true. Will I be okay? Death cocked his head to the left in curiosity. What? Plan on smoking something delicious real soon? Doing heroin? Base jumping off the Empire State Building? Quinn looked at him shocked. She didn't plan on doing any of those things. Death pointed at her, knowing her answer without saying it. Good. Stay that way. He walked away from her and disappeared as he walked through the locked doors if he were a ghost. The next morning, Quinn woke up tired, but determined to make her day. The police came for her early, and told her that the cause of the explosion was indeed what Death had said to her the night before. Now she knew that the conversation wasn't in her imagination. They said she was free to leave whenever she could, but wanted forwarding information in case they needed to contact her further. She gave her grandmother's number. Three hours later, her grandmother showed up to the motel. Quinn was outside waiting for her with her bags packed. Hey, sweetie, give Grandma a hug. She bounded out of the car, still pretty spry for the age of 86, and, and embraced her granddaughter tightly. Quinn loved her grandmother, but ever since the last evening, she realized that she took her grandma for granted. Not anymore. Hey, Gran, let's go home. She pulled away from her granddaughter and looked at her strangely. Okay, what gives? You were scared last night, now you hugged me like you never hugged me before. What happened last night? Quinn shook her head and smiled as happy tears ran down her cheeks. Gran, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. The end. You have been listening to Dark Charm Presents. Episode 5, You Wouldn't Believe Me If I Told You. You heard in the cast the gatekeeper, Daniel McCloskey. Quinn Lachlan played by Samantha Higgins. The old man farting, the bus driver, gas attendant, Robbie, and Sergeant Bill Mealy, played by Danny Atwell. Grandma Lachlan, played by Nicole Slaughter, and Death, played by Scott Taplin. All rights reserved, copyright 2020. Tune in again next time 
for more from Dark Charm Presents.